Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter, and he is with Further Still Ministries. And this is a show called Solid Steps Radio. And the name came about that we believe that men should walk solidly, taking their steps, walking with God. Hence the cool name, Solid Steps Radio. And we believe that you as men have a destiny, and that destiny is not fulfilled unless you are walking with Jesus Christ. And that is your ladies' destiny, too, is women. But we are show four guys, and we talk about things uh, to men as our main audience, and we just want to talk from a man's perspective. And uh, today, we're going to talk about something that is about as manly as you can get uh, from the perspective of, um, well, let me just give you this definition, all right, listeners? This definition of the word crucible, if you, I didn't even know really what a crucible was. I mean, I've heard the name, but I didn't know what it was. Here's what Webster says crucible is. It says, it's a ceramic container or a metal container in which metals or other substances may be melted or subjected to very high temperatures. Uh, okay. But then it, right underneath that, it says, a situation of severe trial or in which different elements interact leading to the creation of something new. And I'm like, ooh, that kind of piques my interest of what a crucible is. Well, today we're going to talk about a few men who have went through a crucible, an actual crucible retreat called the Crucible Project. And we're going to talk about how they came out of it as something new and how we men going into it need to be kind of looking at, see, what do we need to be looking at as we go into uh, a possible retreat to come out of it as different. So, Chad, I mean, don't you want to go into a high heat situation and get melted and uh, then you become something new, right? Not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> most of my life, and people, most men, if they're obvious, we want to avoid that. Oh, uh, And we're talking about three men who did not avoid that. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so we got Bill Weedman. Bill, welcome to the show. You've been, you've been on the show you. before. It's uh, always good to have you back. Good to be back. Thank we, you. We got a new guy. We got Nathan uh, Roush. Roush. Nathan, welcome, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. And uh, an old friend, Eddie Johnson. Eddie, it's great to have you, man. It's nice to be referred to as the old friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, you are, uh, well, you're getting gray and, you know, just, uh, dude, we met, what, 16 years ago? Yeah, you took care of me. We were uh, on staff together at a church, and your office was next door, and you kept me out of trouble. I'm still a minister because of that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, we got two. Uh, Bill, you be, uh, Bill, you were a cop for how many years? 30 years. 30 years, and then you became a preacher. That's correct. How in the world does that happen? Oh, only That's God. There's <laughs> only one way. You were the baddest cop in town, and uh, and then God got a hold of you, and... Uh, uh, how, you've been you've been preaching now how long? Yeah, well, really, I started uh, 33 years ago. I was 30 years old when I finally even believed Jesus was true, and uh, gave my life to Him. And I've uh, only been in one church my entire life. And as that, I was, uh, if you remember, Kurt, I was a volunteer. I was a children's preacher <laughs> yeah. for 19 years. Uh, when I retired, that church asked me to come on staff, and I've been on staff now for almost 10 years. That's incredible. Hmm. Well, all, all three of you guys ex- have gone through this experience called the, pru- uh, the Crucible Project. What in the world is the Crucible Project? Well, the, the Crucible Project is, is a men's weekend, and it's, uh, it's difficult to talk about because some of the methodology uh, is not mentioned on what you will exactly do during that week. But it is a weekend for men to look at what works and what doesn't work in their life. And just to uh, have an honest assessment of where you are in life, what you want to be. Every man has to go into that weekend with 
knowing uh, what they want to come out of that weekend with, what the issue they want to work on. So the Crucible Project is just an, an opportunity to examine yourself and to and to wrestle with God and to, and to step through um, a process that's going to redefine you. Mm. Uh, Nathan, you you uh, before the show you kind of gave a definition. Do you remember what that was? Yeah. So really the the crucible weekend it's just a it's a safe environment uh for men but so all all really staff and and the crucible does is create this safe environment to facilitate a wrestling match between you and god wrestling match between you and god wow and and there's a some biblical eddie there's uh some biblical framework with this um kind of wrestling with god Describe that a little bit. Yeah, it comes from the story in Genesis where Jacob, which means deceiver, he's kind of towards the end part of his life, and he's been deceiving others his whole life. He, he deceived his brother. He deceived his parents. He deceived his uncle. And uh, it kind of comes to a point where he's got enemies on every side, and he's got nothing left. And the story goes in the Bible that he takes one night, and he literally wrestles with God. And in that uh, wrestling match, uh, what's fascinating about it is, is Jacob decides he no longer wants to be the same guy, and he's not going to let go until the angel, who we believe to be Jesus in a pre-incarnate state, mm-hmm. is till he blesses him. He's not going to release him. And that happens. And what's interesting is about that two things. One is his name has changed. He's now a blessed man. And his name long is Jacob. He's not the deceiver. He's Israel. He's the man who wrestles with God. And, uh, but that experience changed him. You know, for the rest of his life, he walks with a limp, but he walks powerfully with a limp. Um, he's a broken man, but he's a powerful man. He's been changed by God. Yeah, you know, I love that. He's a broken man, and yet he's a powerful man. And, and from then on, I mean, we, 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 I mean we, we call him Jacob in the Bible, but the, the nation of Israel is, is coming, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. Um, yeah, the 12 tribes, right? And he's a blessing to his sons. He's a blessing to a nation. And um, that blessing is passed on because he was willing to encounter God and be changed by that. And, and I, I love that because he is, he's a, he's a, he's a rascal, but yeah. it, but it becomes the Messiah comes through the line of Jacob. Yeah, yeah, the, the line of Israel. Um, so, uh, Eddie, when you heard about this, uh, you heard about this from your buddy Bill. Yeah, and uh, Bill, Bill, you gone, you have gone through this weekend retreat experience, and um, you come home and you tell Bill, or you tell Eddie, and Eddie's like, "Oh, I can't, I, I can't wait to jump into that." Right. Heck no. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't exactly go go that way. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I went, there were other men around here that had gone to the weekend, the Crucible Project weekend, but I didn't know who they were. Um, I came back. I was just by myself. There was nobody to unpack it with. And uh, it was just a a powerful weekend, Kurt. It's hard to describe the transformation that takes place in that weekend. It's incredibly hard incredibly difficult and uh, one of the things I told Eddie uh, and he knew this this was something that I would not do again that I have no desire to do again but I wouldn't trade for anything in the world okay hold on you would never do this again but you wouldn't trade it for anything in the world that's correct yeah so how I I learned about this uh, going through some 
issues in life. A friend of mine who's a senior pastor at a church in Colorado, in Denver, Colorado, uh, I'm good friends with him, and he said, well, you need to go to the Crucible Project. Well, be, I, I be, even... Because there was something that ha- happened at, 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 in, your, in your home. Yeah. Do you, so, mind, you mind sharing that? Yeah, Kurt, so I've been on staff at, uh, at my church as a pastor for going on 10 years. And about seven years ago, so as a pastor, Sunday afternoon after church, my adult family's over, my two sons, their wives, and my wife, we were at our house. And um, I did something really that I hadn't done in a long time. I, I, I exploded in anger. Our dog did something, and it made me so angry, I kicked our dog. And, and, and people know me. I'm like, I am a huge animal lover, so it's way out of character for me. And my wife said, uh, Bill, don't, don't do that. Don't kick Duchess. You'll hurt her. And about that tone of voice, and I spun around and stuck my finger in her face uh, with a war face on and said, don't you ever tell me what to do again. And not figuratively, literally, she took a step back. This was in front of my adult sons and my daughters-in-law's. Uh, led to some interesting conversation. And later that night, my wife said, Bill, I haven't seen that anger in you. We were married. We were not Christian. She said, I haven't seen that in you in 20 years. Like, where did that come from? And Kurt, my aunt, I didn't have an answer. I had no idea where it came from. And I was mm-hmm. unpacking that with, uh, with Jim, and he said, man, you need to go to Crucible. And the next thing I heard about Crucible was from a, a preacher, uh, his associate, Scott Nickel. And he had gone to Crucible, and he was talking about it from the pulpit, and he said, yeah, Crucible, he said, I have run a marathon, and I've fought an MMA fight. I would rather do both back-to-back than go to another Crucible weekend. <laughs> and that, he, I mean, he, he, he would run a marathon and do an MMA fight. And then fight a three-round MMA fight before contact, going back to the Crucible. Before going back. But he wouldn't change it. But he wouldn't change it. And I thought, oh, yeah, dude, well, bring it on. I'll do that. Like that was enough challenge for me. Like I can take that. I'll do that because I've I've done both too. And I thought I'll do that. Yeah. And you'd you'd never do it. You'd never want to do it again. But you are so grateful to God that you went. Yes. Yes. And and and, and Nathan, I mean you. I mean you'd say the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. The weekend, the weekend's really hard. I mean, you're going to war, but if you want peace, prepare for war. So, but the good thing is, is you're not just going to war alone. Because I know for me, I was just used to doing life alone. And, uh, but you're going to war with brothers and the, and the bond you have in the community of men you take out of that, I mean, you can't put a price on it. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, what you guys are describing, it reminds me of the Israelites when they're in bondage in Egypt. And God says, you're going to be free. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Egyptians take away all the straw, and they got to continue to work, and, and it becomes absolutely miserable. But that was the route to freedom. Yeah, so, Kurt, there was a, a man uh, I was on staff at uh, a weekend just this past year, and it was a pastor. And I interviewed him uh, as part of the pre-weekend uh, part, and he told me, I've been on men's weekends before. He said, if this is going to be another lame man's weekend... Tell me now, I'm not going to go. He said, because I'm tired of going on retreats and you come back and and nothing's changed. And that was not the case for him. Wow. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk more about this retreat that they don't recommend you go on. (laughs) Why you should go on it. Uh, That's a typical man thing. And we're going to hear more about that in the next few segments on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Sadler here with a room full of 
of men who have been through the crucible. And if you're like, what is that? Well, we're going to talk more about that in the upcoming segments. The crucible is something that happens that's very, very intense, and it makes something new out of that. And if you have an incredibly tense situation with your finances, you need to go to l and Credit Union. They are a local, li- local lender who helps people with their finances, whether it's commercial, personal, uh, checking, savings accounts. You need it. LNN Credit Union, they will take care of it. They're sponsors of our show and great locals, uh, a local lender. And also Vision First Eye Care. They are a tremendous organization. They just don't help you see better. They help you live better through your eyes, whether it's uh, eye care, whether it's contact glasses, you name it. They take care of you as a person, not just your eyeballs. And that's Vision First Eye Care. We thank them for both for being a sponsor of our show. So, Bill, you taught, you, you began to introduce um, in that last segment Say that again for our listeners. Yeah, there was a pastor that was going to, it was in August of this year, a weekend. I was one of the interviewers before his weekend, and he uh, told me, uh, is this going to be another lame men's weekend? He said, I've been on enough weekends that you go and and I come back and nothing ever changes. If this is going to be another lame weekend like that, I'm not going. And I said, no, it's not. It's, it's, I promise you, uh, you're going to get something out of it. He showed up the first night on Friday. Well, actually, it was Monday, I'm sorry on Monday night and he wanted to leave. He already realized this someplace it was going to be uncomfortable for the, him. The, the crucible was literally going <laughs> to... Right. So we talked to him and a couple of leaders and he decided to give it a shot. And at the end of that uh, three-day experience for him, he got what he came for. Did he really? Yes. Okay. So, um, Eddie, you mentioned uh, when Bill came and talked to you and said, you know, yeah. Eddie, you need, you need to do this. This, this is awesome. This yeah. is great. And you're like, uh, no. All yeah, because right. he, he said, well, but I can't tell you about it. So I was like, well, that, what does that mean? So I was intrigued, so and also scared. And being a pastor, there was a part of, I had to count the cost. And I go, uh, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't know if I can put myself in that spot. And I justified it by saying, you know, I could lose my job. And not because... Uh, it's anything hidden sin just to go and, uh, man, if everybody knew about me, what I know about me, what God knows about me, would they still want me to be a pastor? Would I feel like I could stand up in confidence and be that transparent and still be accepted and be uh, impactful? And, uh, man, I really wrestled with that, which really revealed a lot of stuff in my heart that I didn't know was there. It's like, wow, I'm really insecure. I am really um, – it, it, so I had to wrestle. It took me three years. Uh, to come about to this. So, so in that in that three year time frame, Bill and, and you're wrestling. Like, I yeah. want to go experience this weekend. I, yeah. There, there's something inside you. Yeah. That I, I think God was calling you to do that, but there's this fear. Yeah, and I would also say, did I need it? You know, I would go, man, I'm in a great spot, and there were some things going really well, like in ministry and in my home, and but then there were some hidden things too of like. I've had a couple fights with my wife where I'm like, where did that anger came from? And there was a couple of things that happened just within work. And I went, you know, there was a decision that was made, but boy, that really angered me and I couldn't let it go. And so there were some things in my heart going, why am I, you know, so wound up about this issue? It's so minor, but it is really messing with me on the inside. And I just couldn't get answers to that. Well, I mean, it reminds me of you, Bill, you know, when you popped off at your wife right and you go whoa 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 whoa, something that that was not just me struggling in a moment there's something deeper there that was something yes turned out it was uh, part of what is referred to as a shadow it's things that uh, 
Every man has something that he'll repress. If it's uncomfortable to deal with, we don't deal with it. We push it behind us. We put it, quote, quote, into shadow. We hide, we repress, we deny it. And that doesn't go away. It just comes out as sideways energy. And most men, it comes out as anchor. Mm. And um, Nathan, you said something in the break that really, uh, I mean, I think really resonates, at least with me, and I think for all of us guys. You said something along the lines of, well, go ahead and say it. Yeah, so, you know, in my younger teens and 20s, the decisions I made only affected me. Uh, so I could pick up the pieces and move on. After becoming a dad, uh, and one thing I learned from the weekend is the wounds that we don't transform, we end up transferring. Hold so, on, so whoa, whoa, say that again. So the wounds that we don't end up transforming, we'll end up transferring them. And what you're really saying is, if we do not work through our issues... And it could be it could be our own sin, but it could be stuff that's been done to us. That's right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you want to expand on that real quick, Bill? Yeah. The uh, a lot of wounds. You know, I actually grew up as a really. I had a great childhood. I was raised by a single mom. My dad walked out on us when I was born, but my mom did everything right. I wasn't abused. I wasn't abused in any way, shape, or form, sexually, emotionally, by any any stretch of the imagination. But I still I suffered with deep insecurity uh, through some just dad issues that I had no idea that I was even still struggling with. In fact, I didn't. I thought that was all done. That was in the past. That was back. I was five years old then. I was four years old. I was eight years old. But there were some things that came up that I didn't realize that still affect the way I react to things. And, and what you're saying, Nathan, is if we do not allow the power and grace of God to transform us, and, that, and that's a biblical word, to, to change us. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. If you, you're saying if we do not take those wounds, those issues, and transform, that we will actually transfer them to our children and to our families. Well, it ends up becoming a generational wound because I'm living life out of the, the thought that, hey, this is how life is. So because I see life through my wounds, uh, I'm taking that and I'm teaching my kids that unintentionally. Because uh, I know when I went to the crucible, it, I had no idea what I was dealing with was what my weekend was going to be about. Wow. So, so all of a sudden, your, oh, your eyes are opened to stuff that you are passing on to your kids, to your family. And you have no, you, I mean, it's not like I'm going to, like, I'm going to get, wake up this morning and I'm going to, I'm going to, can't wait to pass on this garbage from my past. Oh, I, you had no idea. My I, weekend, I thought, I, I'm, it was like a conversation with God. Obviously, there wasn't an audible voice, but it was like, no, no, no. I've, I dealt with that when I was 17. Like, that's put to rest. I didn't spend a thousand dollars, uh, travel for five days, wait for three years to do something, to talk about something that's 15 years old, no. But as I started opening that wound and he said, no, that's what you're going to talk about, the pain was still there and it was still real. I just I just learned to live with it. It was like breathing at that point, and I didn't even realize I was walking with that limp. So, uh, so at the retreat, and I know you guys can't tell all the details about the retreat, but when were your eyes beginning to be opened like... I have not fully dealt with this 
this issue and the, these wounds? Uh, it was with, I mean, within the first day, um, the best, I mean, the best way I can describe it was just an honest conversation with God. And I kept walking away from it because when I, at 17, again, I thought I had dealt with it, but all I said was, okay, that's just a part of me and, you know, I'm going to move on. But, um, I was still receiving messages mm. from that wound and and receiving the messages. Oh, they and but they were such comp like it was at a voice. Those messages were speaking to me at a voice that I didn't realize they were there. Like it was just my own voice. And one thing I've learned is messages you they either come from the victim, the villain, or the hero. And uh, for me, it, it just depended on the situation which one it was coming from. But it was dictating every decision I made. And looking at my life just burning down in front of my face, because when I went, I mean, my life blew up. So when I went through it, uh, that point in my life wasn't because I sinned. Like, God wasn't just waiting to get me back for something I did when I was 13, even though that's how I kind of thought at the time. But it was just a condition. It was a symptom of my condition and that that wound I was living with. And, 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 And as you you know, started your family. I mean, all of that just continues to move into your life and can dominate your life and you hardly even know it. Oh, I was, you know, it's funny because I could, I could lead some type A personality men in life, but I couldn't lead one woman because of my condition. And I, I mean, I'll just go out and say it. I had, I had a problem with relationships with people, uh, Basically, when so when I went through my weekend, I had realized I I couldn't tell you the last time I felt like I had somebody in my life, like I was just alone, and I had probably felt that way for uh, twenty one years at that point. Wow, wow. So so when you heard when Bill came back and you heard about this crucible thing, you wanted to do it, but you also were. You didn't want to do it. Well, I knew about the Crucible before I met Bill. Oh, is that right? Okay. So then I meet Bill, who's been at the Crucible, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're going. The funny thing is, I'm in the middle of a divorce at the time, and I remember telling Bill this. I don't know if he remembers, but I said, I'll go when the divorce is finalized, because I want to deal with true issues, not new issues. And uh, finally, this thing is just going on a lot longer than I thought it would. So finally, I put pen to paper, and I said, look, I don't know what's, I, I don't know where life is going to be tomorrow much less in the next four or five months i'm just signing up and it ended up being the crucible was the weekend before my divorce trial which ended up having to deal with custody with my kids Mm -hmm. wow um eddie you know what we're going to come back to you because we got to take a break yeah we'll take a break come back and talk more about these gentlemen and their experience at the crucible and uh, how us as men need to go through something like this, whether it's at this retreat or in life, to become the man who God intended us to be. So we'll take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter. This is the third segment. This is the third I'm segment. I'm so intrigued by this conversation that I've lost track is, of time and consciousness. So, I've, been, uh, I've been looking so forward to this having these guys in here. All right, so we're we're here talking about the Crucible Project, three gentlemen who have made it through the Crucible, and they seem somewhat normal now. <laughs> 
they've made it out alive. And uh, we're talking about this project, the Crucible Project. We're going to give you more details about the actual events, where to find that information in the fourth and final segment. So if you don't hear us all, go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and you'll be able to hear this uh, on uh, commercial-free uh, on our podcast there, and you can be able to hear this information or send it along to someone else who may need to hear it. Thanks to our great sponsors, uh, Frank Enterprises. Frank Enterprises takes care of your septic issues or water drainage issues. If there's water at your home outside the house that's not going where it's supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can take care of that. And also, we want to thank Bright Star Home Care. Uh, they help walk people through one of the hardest situations in their life, how to help a loved one live dependent on someone else. Whether it's once a week or 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care can help walk through that very difficult situation and season in your life. We thank them for sponsoring our shoe. Okay, so Bill, you, you mentioned, uh, okay, you grew up, at you had a single mom. Yes. Uh, you, your dad walked out on you when you were a little kid. Yes. And... So somebody will, will go, well, yeah, but I, I, I had a great dad. I, you know, um, we, we all have issues. We all have wounds. But um, you described in the break with, uh, you know, a guy that had, you know, a great family life, you know, good, good dad, good yeah, mom. Describe that. I know a lot of men are uh, listening to this and thinking, well, those three men, they're really messed up. Like, that's not, <laughs> they're not me. Like, I had a great, I had a great family. I had my mom, my dad, my dad loves me. I have a great relationship with him. Had a man like that go through a weekend, a good friend of mine, and uh, but he had deep insecurities. He had no idea why. He questioned himself as a dad. He questioned himself uh, uh, as a man, as a husband, and a, and a leader. So the, the issue he had was his dad was, and it still is, his dad's a wonderful man, can do anything. He couldn't. He wasn't his dad. God didn't create him that way. So... His issue, as it turned out to be, that he had deep insecurities knowing he couldn't be the man his dad was, and he was subconsciously trying to live up to what mm -hmm. he thought he should be. He needed to be like his dad, and he was wrapping that around his dad's approval for him. It wasn't even, um, it wasn't even what his dad intended. I've heard one person describe, our lives are like an open book and people write on our pages. Mm. And we start believing the things that are written on our pages by other people rather than what God says who we are. And, yeah. um, and a lot of people write on our pages. They don't even mean to write it, but we internalize that, and it defines us who, who we think we are and the value and the worth that we have. Yeah, we, we embrace that, and then that becomes part of our at least our identity. Yes, yes. And it's not what God says. Yeah, and that's part of what was what is unlocked at this weekend. Wow. Eddie, um, in the weekend, you, you, you shared about you, you have to identify with, with like an animal. Yeah, so it's kind of like Fight Club. You can't talk about Fight Club, so that's kind of the, the <laughs> motif. But um, one of the things is you're, you're asked to pick an animal name that represents where you're at. And um, I can't share what that is, but, you know, for me, there was uh, especially – being a pastor and you're on a stage and there's a lot of people that know you is, uh, man, I, there was just a, a big part of me that I felt like I had to project an image um, because one, if they knew the real me, would they accept me? And the second was I was trying to live up to a standard, but down deep, I was insecure uh, about could I live up to that? And mm. as I started wrestling with that, I think the, one of the biggest things I took out of my weekend was I kind of knew this, but it really came to light I have huge trust issues and I, 
understood why it's been hard for me to really go deep with men. I'm a, I'm actually one of the friendliest guys. You would, I, I think I am. Uh, and I would tell you I like people, but I don't trust people. And as I look around in my life, I went, man, I really don't have very many close, close friends. And I finally was able to understand where that comes from, the root of that, and why that's made me a highly competitive person, um, because I'm trying to prove something. Mm -hmm. And it's also kept me distant from other men uh, because of some things that have happened in my past. And uh, it just made me not want to trust other people. Wow. And so... so I mean, uh, you know, when you're wrestling, I mean, you take three years to finally say, yes, I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you thinking through all that? Oh, I am. I, one, I'm counting the cost going, I don't, man, I, I work at a church and man, if they got to know the real me, would I have a job? And the few friends I have left, would they want me? And would my wife want me? And, and, and the other thing is I didn't know, I knew the dots in my life, but I didn't know how they all connected. Mm. And I'll be honest, I was scared of going man, maybe somebody will figure me out because I can't figure myself out. And then what would that mean? Where would I go from there? If I really understood myself, what would that mean? And how would I live forward from that? And so there was a risk. So this funny thing is, Kurt, is uh, when I finally signed up, I knew that these guys were going out to Colorado. So true story, I signed up for the furthest place I could get away from these guys. I signed up for northern part of Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> And uh, I figured I'm going to get as far away to deal with this as I could. But thanks to my buddy Bill over here talking to me, and he couldn't tell me, but the one thing he said is, is you're going to want some other men around you uh, as you unpack this. And the best advice I ever got was I decided to go to a weekend where I had some other men who knew me, which was it also was my most fearful thing. Um, they're like you were afraid of of them really knowing oh, yeah. the true deep down everything about oh, Eddie. Yeah. You were afraid of that. Yeah. What would they think? Would they accept me? Would I accept myself? Right. Um, very fearful. You know, it's it's really interesting that you know God knows all this. He knows every every last stitch of us. Uh, he made us. And he accepts us unconditionally, loves us, and yet we really struggle to even accept ourselves. You know, Kurt, one of the things that I, that I learned on the weekend, yeah, I became a Christian 33 years ago. God did change me. Jesus changed my life. I, you asked my wife. I was not the same person the day after. She wouldn't be with you today. She would, she would not be. That is a true statement. That is a factual statement. I realized that Jesus set me free. I didn't set myself free. Mm. He opened the door. I didn't leave the cage. Yeah. And uh, I kept myself in bondage. He he opened the door, but I didn't walk through it. So so Bill, I mean you you became a new creation in Christ. That's you, correct. You yes. were born again. I absolutely was. Yes. You just I think that's why Paul says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Don't let yourselves be burdened again by right. the yoke of slavery. And even You're, even Paul, if you remember, he even struggled with uh, the things I want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I do. That that was me. Like, why did I do that to my wife? Why did I just say that? Why? So, you know, if, if a man's sitting out there listening to this and thinking, and it's not just anger, Kurt, it can be, what's this deal with porn with me? What's this deal with the way I talk? What's this deal? Why do I have to act so this way? Why do, why do I speak to people this way? Why am I condescending? You may think you know, but if you sit down in the, in the quiet times of the night and you think about it, most men will think, "I haven't. Why do I do that? I don't know." There's a reason, and you may be born again, and Jesus sets you free from that. But 
we didn't walk away from. We didn't set ourselves free. It's we, not that we didn't walk away from sin, but we just did not allow that freedom to totally embrace us. Yeah, and and I, I think that's one of the. I mean, what you're really talking about too is our identity. Exactly, yeah. our oh, identity yeah. as men of God. Yeah. So, to kind of piggyback off what Bill said, one thing. So one thing I was doing with my relationship with God was, and I didn't even know it, but the way I perceived my relationships on earth, I was perceiving my relationship in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so when you would go to church and you would, you know, you get that feeling when that right worship song came on, but then instantly it's gone and you see other Christian men and they seem so happy and joyful. And it's like, I couldn't, I would experience it in very small shots, but I wouldn't take it throughout the day. But what I didn't even realize I was doing is those boundaries that I had set with relationships on my life here on earth, I was just putting God in that same category. So he was trying to give himself all of me my whole life, but I was only giving him pieces because my insecurity wasn't allowing me to give him Mm. any more. And fear, was it fear that was controlling you, you, would you say, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest thing was just being scared of... uh, you know, losing those relationships. So it, it was fear, but at the time, I mean, you know, I thought I'm a big, strong guy. Like, I'm not scared of anything. You know, put it in front of me and I'll tear your head off. But at, but I was a scared little boy just trapped in a man's body. Wow. And I mean, Bill, I mean, all your, okay, so, I mean, dude, you are known in this city as one of the baddest cops uh, that's ever existed <laughs> in the city of Louisville. Um, I mean, you were, I mean, you were the SWAT guy, you have done martial arts, you have trained and I mean, you break, uh, I remember at a staff meeting, you break a bat with your, you know, you kick it and you break it, you know, with your shins and all did, did, did some of all, I, I'm come of that from your youth and did you dress that at the crucible? Yeah, there was an event in my life uh, that I won't, I'm not going to get into now for the sake of time, but there was an event in my life that, uh, that I was shamed by somebody else. And uh, I was very young. And I didn't even remember it until that weekend. And it just flashed back. And I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm literally live, reliving it again. And I remember as a 12-year-old boy thinking, no one will ever do that to me again no one uh, it I had such fear and uh, shame uh, and shame from that event as a 12 year old and I realized well that's that's my insecurity so I realized a lot of that was just me trying to prove I was trying to be somebody to other people and prove a person that I wanted to be that I really didn't think I was wow and God really open your heart and did Absolutely. some did some powerful stuff on that yes. weekend. All right, so we're going to come back in the fourth and final segment, talk to these guys a little bit more. So it's like shrouded in secrecy, this the crucible, right? So you just want to know about it because you want to go just because you don't know anything about it. So we're going to talk what we can talk about, the details of it, what it looks like, and the expectations. And, and this is not a commercial for the crucible. It kind of is, but it's not. It's commercial for what the results that come from it. And you got three men who were willing to be man enough to go through the crucible in order to come out of it different people. And if you're listening, men, are you? Am I? So let's uh, let's take a break. Be back in the next segment, and we'll hear more about the Crucible Project here on Solid Steps Radio.
Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter in a, full, in a room full of men, and I don't use that term lightly. we got some men in this room because uh, they have been through what we call the Crucible Project, and we want to thank our sponsors, uh, uh, Dan Hart Financial. Dan Hart helps you if you want to invest your money for the future, for the long haul, for retirement, or just be a good steward of it. Dan Hart Financial can take a look at your finances and help you do that. And again, we want to thank Ellen and Credit Union for being such a sponsor of our show and a great pillar in our city. In the first three segments, we talked about the Crucible Project. These three men have all got a testimony, a story about what their life was before, during, and now we're going to talk a little bit about coming out of it, but also talk more details about this project, which is shrouded in secrecy, which makes me want to go even more. I know. Okay, so guys, uh, why is this different from any other men's retreat? Eddie, Bill, Nathan? I'll give you one word. It's authentic. It's authentic and real. Nathan? It's not just throwing Bible scripture around, and it's about, well, I guess genuine. It's just a genuine weekend. And, and you mentioned too, you know, Nathan, it, you know, this is not some Bible study. We're going to go to sit around a campfire and do a Bible study. No, I'm, I grew up in church, you know, took some time away from it for a while because uh, my own relationship with God. And I heard the scripture before. It didn't land then and it doesn't land now. So stop throwing it at me. But I had to do my own healing before scripture started making sense to me. Wow. Eddie? Yeah, and the last thing I would say on top of all that is it's just deeply personal. It's helping you learn your story. So it's not just a men's retreat. It was a retreat to help Eddie Johnson become the man God called him to be, the pastor he called him to be. It was deeply personal for me to see the dots in my life, that these milestones, and how it all connected and how it's still playing out in my life today, good and bad. Uh, you know, I, I, they talk about radical honesty and truth. Yeah. I mean, that's— yeah. Uh, and and sometimes you know we uh, you know I've been a pastor for 25 plus years you know we want to say we have radical honesty and truth in the church but sometimes we struggle with that yeah and this is in a setting where we can really move into radical honesty I love that word radical radical honesty yeah. and truth Kurt I tell you in all my years of ministry I'm 49 now this is the most powerful thing most transformational thing I've ever been through um, and it's helped me the most and so I, I just I can't say enough about it and there you could not have found a more skeptical guy again three years <laughs> and I'm making fun of weed behind his back and I wouldn't say it to his face he'd kill me but you know it was uh-huh. uh, I just like this isn't for me I discounted it but now on the other side oh man it's because I'm against all what's the new hype what's the new cool conference oh, yeah. and I lead men's conference I don't go to men's conferences <laughs> So uh, for me to go was a big, big deal, and I was as skeptical as anybody, And uh, but man, most powerful thing I've ever been through. That's good. Nathan, you, um, you mentioned in the break a, 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 a couple pieces of advice for yeah. men. To talk to us. So first is just don't hold back. God wants you to come as you, but I think too often we're trying harder. You know, we're trying not to sin or we're trying to do the right thing all the time. Stop trying. Just come, be you, and allow God to do his thing. That's all you got to do. Uh, the second is, is trust the process. So one thing we can say is, is as staff, we pay to be there. So we wouldn't take you're not our— get, You're not getting paid to go— No, and, I pay. As, you pay as a leader. Correct. And I would not take my time, attention, energy, or money out of my life if I didn't believe in what it was. That's— that's rich to know that the leadership 
is paying out of their own pocket to go lead. That's good stuff. Um, okay, why, um, Bill, why don't we, I mean, there is a lot of kind of a little bit of secrecy. I mean, you don't let everything out. Right. Why is that? Well, if, if men knew the process, they would sidestep it. They would figure out ahead of time, well, when this happens, I'm going to do this. Or when I'm asked this question, I'll answer it this way. And I, I love Nathan's answer, just trust the process. So if you don't know what's in front of you, the best thing you can do is just go with the flow. Just go and trust the process and take it as it comes. And if you do that, you're going to get what you came for. Mm. You, you go with a, a, an open heart, and it, the setting, is God's going to do some good stuff. That's right. Every man knows if, if I'm told what's up, if there's something difficult in front of me, I'm going to figure out the easiest way to get through it in the most uh, non-event uh, uh non uh, evasive way I'm going to be very evasive about it yeah. non intrusive way I mean we we are designed our flesh to go to the most convenient place the most comfortable place the mo- you know that's what you're saying that's exactly right and and if we know that then we we, we make a plan yeah, us well, guys we are we can be savvy we're going to make a plan that's uh, exactly right <laughs> Kurt one thing I think that there's something that comes out of this is is You'll get out of it what you get into. So if you're willing just to share a little, you'll get something out of it. But if you're willing to go the whole way, God can use in a very, he can move in a very, very powerful way. So you'll get out of it what you put into it. Yeah, one of the sayings that you hear there is little truth, little grace, big truth, big grace. Mm. Oh, that's good. Okay, um, how long is uh, this retreat? Uh, Starts at 7 o'clock on a Friday night and you're gone at 3.30 Sunday afternoon, not even 48 hours. And then uh, like where, where, where where do I sign up? Well, you can sign up online at thecrucibleproject.org and go to Initial Weekends and sign up, and you'll see them all over the country. We have one in Kentucky. There's, uh, they're in Texas. They're in Wisconsin. They're in Chicago, which is a short drive. They're in Colorado. And you'll even see them all over the world. And uh, really? It's gone, it's gone international? It's, a, it's an international, yes. Wow, that's good. Um, all right, here's a question for you this. Guy goes to the retreat. It's an impactful weekend. What's he do Monday morning? And from there on out. Man, you the, cry uh, a bunch. <laughs> yeah, said the guy with the biggest muscles in the room. Yeah. By the way, so yeah, so Monday morning I was sitting in a Starbucks, uh, getting ready to fly back home, and I'm thinking, what just happened? Hmm. Um, I tell you, one of the biggest things that I learned uh, too was how to deal with anger and how to deal with other people's anger. Uh, you realize that when you're angry at somebody, when you're uh, when they're angry at you, it's not them; it's it's about you. Mm-hmm. They've touched something in you you don't like about yourself, and that's why that's why it stirred something in you. That's why you're angry at what another person uh, did, said, or the way they acted. The other thing that I really learned is so. So to, back up just a yeah. second. So I'm driving down the road, and this guy's a total idiot, and I get really mad at him. There's really something so, going on in me. So it's uh, and it's not to say that what another person said or did is right or correct or good. They may have been totally inappropriate. It could have been. Uh, it could have been a sin against you. Yeah. But you realize that people will say or act or do something, and one man will say, ah, that's just Bill, that's just Kurt. They'll blow it off. And another person, is they're so mad, they could just they could just fight them right then and there. Yeah. Well, why one reaction, one man, one and the other? It's because it's touched one man's shadow. It's touched part of his life that he's repressed. Something that he really doesn't like about himself, it comes back. He's made a judgment about that man. And if you push in a little bit, you're going to find out the judgment he made about him is really true what he thinks is true about himself. And that's why he's so angry. And that is a huge piece to unpack 
about anger with other people and how you deal with it and how people deal with each other relationally. Now, formally speaking, though, once a man goes through this retreat, there is support system. They don't pat you on the back and say, hey, congratulations, good luck. There's more to it. That's correct. Uh, we, uh, we're in a group right now. In fact, uh, the three of us with other men who have gone and a transition group. So it's a continuation. You do, as Eddie said, you do life with these men. Yeah. And part of the uh, experience as you leave is helping men plug into groups within their community where they live. If they're from out of state, uh, if they're so it's it's part of being in part of a community of other men who have gone through crucible. Yeah, well, this is not some one and done thing, and then you know you're you're healed forever and ever and never have another no, issue no. in life. The, that's when the work begins. Because even in the <laughs> even in the group that we're in, you're still you're still doing work. You're still doing exercises to uncover like who am I? Where does that come from? I think Bill put it a really good way. Uh, but what if as a man, instead of masking my emotion with anger, what if I use that anger righteously? So when dad got angry, kid, my kids looked at me, my boys looked at me and said, all right, something's going to get done because something's wrong. Dad's getting angry about it, but something is going to get done righteously. Mm-hmm. Just like when Jesus got mad at the, the church and made a whip and drove everybody out. Yeah. So what if we take something that we typically uses a negative emotion which is anger but we can use it for good wow that's good stuff hey um guys thanks for coming in i mean this has been uh drinking out of a fire but i'm so glad bill thank you nathan eddie it's great to have you guys in here so grateful but our time is up uh bill close us out in prayer would you pray for us guys and, and and uh uh just pray for us yeah i sure will so father I'm, uh, I'm going to lift the men that are listening to this program right now because I have been there, I've walked it, and I'm broken. And Jesus, you specialize in walking with broken men and taking them through that brokenness and helping us all to realize who you have created us to be. So, Father, I lift the men up listening to this program now. Will you stir their hearts? Will you stir their imaginations? And Father, I just thank you for men that have gone before, and I thank you for the men who have put the time and the effort into developing the Crucible Project Weekend, and I thank you for the men who staff, and I lift up the men who are going to be participants in upcoming weekends. Will you open their eyes to what you have left for them? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thanks, Bill. You know, earlier in one of the first segments, if you missed that, they talked about Jacob and that it said he was broken but a powerful man and he walked around with a limp. How many of us men have been avoiding walking in life with a limp? We wanna keep away from the limp. But the truth of the matter is, if I could tell you as a man, you could limp the rest of your life but have power. But you gotta get broken to be limping. Are you willing to do that? I'm the first guy to wanna just duck and run. But the truth of the matter is, I got six boys at home who are looking at me going, hey dad, I need you broken because I need you to be limping so you can help me learn about what that is. There are people in your life, and I love what Nathan said. There are people in your life, either you are transforming that wound or you're transferring that wound. Men, you're listening to me right now, and you're probably thinking, oh, gosh, you're right. My wife, my kids, my neighbors, my family, my friends. We have an incredible impact, men, around the people in our life, good or bad. There is no vacuum. So I haven't been to the crucible. I'm going to go to the crucible one day, Lord willing. 
uh, amongst the other things in, in life that we're doing. Well, we can go together, Chad. Yeah, <laughs> I think I want to go by myself. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think you need to go to, uh, again, thecrucibleproject.org. Thecrucibleproject.org for all availability. Take a look. We're going to put it on our website as well, furtherstoneministries.org and our Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio. We're there, we stand.